And we are live. Thank you guys for coming. We didn't have a uh, we didn't have a show last week for one reason or another. It's obviously been a really busy season, but uh, it's been a good season. I I know that there are some people who just cannot stand uh, Christmas or Halloween or any of those other holidays, Thanksgiving. I am not one of those people. I love those holidays. I love Christmas. And I wonder why. Because obviously I did not grow up loving Christmas. It isn't like a nostalgia factor necessarily with me. You know, a lot of people grew up in this environment where... They just, you know, they listened to these Christmas songs and they went caroling and they decorated the tree with their parents when they were growing up and they listened to cheesy, shitty music and all this other stuff. And all that stuff resonates with them because they went through it when they were little. But I did not. So I I do wonder what it is that makes me love this season so much. But I I know that I've loved snow since day one. Always been a really big fan of snow. Um, I figured since this is kind of a Christmas episode, I'd tell you guys about my first Christmas. So I was... Uh, my birthday's on July 20th. So I turned 18. And this is in 2000 and seven, I believe. I was 18. I was born in 89, July 20th. Yeah. uh, So it was 2007. I I got kicked out of Jehovah's Witnesses. I was uh, kicked out of my parents' house on my birthday. Now, bear in mind, I was not done with high school yet. I was actually behind a grade. So I was in 11th grade, about to finish it. Uh, you know, when all of this stuff was going down and, and when my parents made me leave and I had to find a place to live and all of this other stuff. I was working at Burger King. When I finally ended up dropping out of high school, I was partway through 11th grade. And um, I, you know, I didn't really have much of a choice. But when my parents kicked me out, it was July 20th, right? That was right in the middle of summer right before 11th grade started, or I believe. So time passes, and I, I meet her family, and we talk, and I, I, you know, start hanging out at their house after moving out. I go back to their house, meet them, and, and start getting friendly with them and things, you know. And so they invite me over, you know, a couple of Sundays, and we eat dinner together, and... I hang out there a lot, and so middle, 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 Christmas rolls along. This is December 25th, 2007, and I, re- I I believe I was living there again. It's kind of fuzzy at this point, but anyways, I was I stayed the night there on that night either way with Crate, and uh, her grandmother was only really giving presents to the family members, but she had an extra blanket, and so she gave me this blanket as a Christmas present. That was my first Christmas present. Uh, I don't know. It was just a really nice memory. Uh, There are pictures of this, too, actually. It was a really nice memory of my first Christmas. It 
meant a lot to me being able to you know be around the tree and around the family members even if they weren't my own family members and all of that other stuff it was really important to me at the time and it's important to me now but i was just talking about this on the john cedars channel recently I completely forgot about this until recently, but my parents actually celebrated their anniversary. So when I was, this is before I was born. Uh, my parents get married, right? Before any of us kids were born, any of us four kids. Uh, my parents get married and eventually they have two kids, my sister and then my older brother. And... Uh, they end up getting divorced. And two years pass in between that gap when they were divorced. And my mom starts studying with Jehovah's Witnesses. Then she tells my dad, either you join Jehovah's Witnesses with me and we get remarried, or you will never see the kids again. That story is from my mom. Um, from her mouth. So, I view it as pretty credible. It's from my mom and my dad's mouth. Anyway, uh, so my dad ends up joining Jehovah's Witnesses with her. They both get baptized, and then they have my other older brother and then me. Um, so what we did when I was little was, since we, did, we weren't allowed to celebrate Christmas, my parents celebrated their second anniversary, their second marriage. So they'd celebrate their first marriage together, just them, like they'd go out to eat or something. And then their second marriage was on January 8th, and they would celebrate that with us. So my mom would take me to like the dollar store, and we would buy like one gift for each of us kids. So she'd spend like $3, you know, per kid, basically. Uh, it was just really inexpensive, really cheap. Uh, but we did wrap the presents, and we would open them at the table on January 8th morning. It was small things, like I got glue once. Uh, that's one thing I specifically remember getting was glue um, and chapstick and things like that. You know, just really, really small, basic things. Kind of strange. Um, I guess, it, yeah, it was just Jehovah's Witnesses' way of getting away the Christmas, or getting getting around the Christmas ban, if you think about it. It was my family's way of getting around the Christmas ban. And I've heard that other families do similar things, other Jehovah's Witness families. I do wonder why they do it, though. Uh, seems kind of strange to me. But, uh, you know, that brings me to today. That brings me to, say, four years ago. Um, the question is, do I tell Kylie that Santa isn't real? I really wanted to tell her that Santa wasn't real. I didn't want to support this lie, really, is how I viewed it. But her mother felt like there's a sense of wonder and fun behind it behind just the whole story and eventually she'll come to ex you know she'll come to realize it's not real on her own um so like i said i didn't want to perpetuate the lie so what i did was i just kept my mouth shut i just didn't say a word when she asked questions about it i just said ask your mother 
you know, I, I, I didn't really take part in it at all. Um, but eventually Kylie asked me or Kylie came up to me one day and she said, Santa's not real, is he? And I said, why do you say that? And she just kind of shrugged, you know, uh, I don't really remember what it was that, that she said after that. I don't remember the conversation too clearly now, but, uh, eventually, you know, it came down to me asking, what else do you think isn't real? If Santa's not real, what else might not be real? She said the tooth fairy. And I said, okay, keep going. She said the Easter bunny. And I said, yeah. And then she said, God. (laughs) And I said, I don't personally believe that God is real, just like I don't think Santa is real or the Easter Bunny or any of the others, but other people do. So, um, you know, that really comes back to uh, the big question here. What do we teach our kids about this stuff? What do we teach our kids about Santa? What do we teach our kids about God? I am an atheist. Not everybody here is. But I complain about people indoctrinating their kids into Christianity or any other religion, Islam. How can I possibly justify teaching her my own beliefs or ideas about things when I complain about other people doing the same thing? Now, granted, Christians have the burden of proof here because they're making a claim. They are claiming that a God exists and that he can do this thing and that thing and he knows everything and blah, 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 right? So they have the burden of proof to prove to me that that's true. So here's the question. What do we teach our kids about God, about uh, Santa, about the Easter Bunny, about all of that stuff? Is it an acceptable thing for me to complain about somebody teaching a kid about Islam, or, or calling the kid an Islamic kid, a Muslim kid? Is it acceptable for me to complain about somebody calling a kid a Catholic kid and teaching them that Jesus is the Savior and all of that stuff, and at the same time, at the same time, teaching my own kid my own spin on things? Now, like, like I was saying, Atheism isn't an ideology. Atheism is a rejection of a claim. It's a rejection of a bunch of claims, in fact. I reject Muslims' claim that Allah is the one true God and that he, I don't know, created the universe and all that stuff. I reject that claim. I don't believe that. I don't believe that Yahweh created the universe and and all of this other stuff. That's not an ideology. That's just a rejection of a claim. And there is nothing wrong with teaching that. But in the interest of being intellectually honest, I've decided to tell Kylie my position and not push it on her at all. Like, not even a little bit. She can decide on her own what she wants to do, what she wants to believe, and how she feels. That being said, she will understand critical thinking skills. She will understand the laws of logic. She'll understand logical thinking. Um, I will ensure that she knows that stuff. 
And I think if she understands that stuff, she will come to the same conclusion I did. I won't even have to push it on her or convince her of my way of life or any of that stuff. In fact, I send her to church every week. I mean, she goes to a church, a Methodist church with her grandma. Her great, yeah, her grandma takes her. So, you know, I put a lot of effort into making sure I'm not being hypocritical here. I'm not uh, trying to convince her of an ideology while complaining about others teaching an ideology to their kids. I just feel like it's important for us to be logically consistent in our lives, uh, as difficult as it can be sometimes. Now, don't take this to mean I think we shouldn't deprogram kids who've been indoctrinated. I deprogrammed Kylie, and that might have had something to do with her perceived lack of belief now. If you're wondering how I went about deprogramming her, you can watch my video on how to deprogram a religious extremist on my main Telltale channel. And don't think that when I say we shouldn't be pushing our beliefs on them, that means we can't explain our own beliefs or the logical flaws in other people's beliefs. We shouldn't be afraid to point out logical inconsistencies. But I'm not going to tell her that she's an atheist. I'm going to let her tell me what she is. I'm just going to talk about some interesting mods I've been doing with the Raspberry Pi. So I don't know if any of you guys know what the Raspberry Pi is. But I'm sure a lot of you know that I'm really into retro gaming. I love retro gaming, right? I love the Super Nintendo and the original Nintendo. I'm just looking over at my shelf right now. I, you know, I love the PlayStation, the Virtual Boy even, big Virtual Boy fan. What else do I have? I have all the handhelds. I've got the Nintendo DS and the Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, all that stuff. Big fan of old stuff, right? Um... But sometimes it's kind of a pain to wire all that stuff up to the same TV and switch out cartridges and all that other junk. So what I have is um, I have this, as I'm sure a lot of you also know, I have a 3D printer, right? So what I did was I printed this Super Nintendo case and I painted it to look just like a Super Nintendo. And I put this Raspberry Pi inside of it. And a Raspberry Pi is just this little $35 computer. It's a single chip. It's one, one circuit board, basically, not a chip. It's one circuit board. It's about credit card size. And it has four USB ports on it. It has a SD card. That's what you use for, for your hard drive is an SD card. It has, um, let's see, what else is it? It has uh, Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. Just a whole bunch of stuff. Like, it's a fully outfitted computer for $35, dirt cheap. So what I did was I put this Raspberry Pi in this Super Nintendo case that I 3D printed. And I installed this operating system on it called RetroPie, I think is what it's called. And I, I put Emulation Station on it. So it's this whole user interface. Uh, and I put, like, a whole bunch of completely legal uh, ROMs that I already own the games to and definitely not ROMs that I don't own the games to. I put them on this Raspberry Pi so I can scroll through and, and pick out the game I want to play and 
it's just super convenient. I've got USB controllers. I've got USB Nintendo 64 controllers and um, Super Nintendo controllers and PlayStation 1 controllers. I've even got PlayStation 1 games on it. It is an awesome system. I'm so happy with this thing. Uh, and it was dirt cheap, too, considering. I mean, those things can run hundreds and hundreds of dollars. But since I built it myself, you know, it was a whole lot cheaper. I put an LED on to represent the fact that it's powered on. Put a, a push button on to, to power it on and off. Um, it's a really cool system. So what I was thinking I wanted to do next was I wanted to uh, get like an arcade cabinet shell just the wood and I imagine that's got to be dirt cheap right I mean it's just wood can't possibly be more than like a chair costs or something or a desk just a cheap desk it's just if it's just wood it's got to be cheap so what I wanted to do is get the um the arcade cabinet shell and uh I have a like a 27-inch monitor in my bedroom. It's just been sitting up there for a while because I have nothing to do with it right now. I, I used it when I was at work, but I you know I don't work at that place anymore, so it's just sitting in my closet right now. I'd like to take that monitor and mount it to this arcade cabinet shell um, and put a Raspberry Pi like emulation station inside of the arcade cabinet. Wire up some buttons... Um, as far as I understand, wiring up buttons is actually reasonably simple to do. You just have to have a USB controller and uh, plug the buttons into the controller, plug the controller into the Pi, and then mount the buttons into the arcade cabinet. Um, it's going to be really awesome. I, I need to get my hands on an arcade, on an arcade cabinet shell first. But uh, I'm really, really excited. I don't know. I just love doing mods like this. You know, I love doing stuff like this because it's really fun. It's reasonably cheap. Like, you don't have to spend a lot of money to get this stuff. You can spend, like, 20 bucks on some of this stuff and, and have what you need to do these mods. And it's entertaining. You can put it in your room, and it just looks awesome. So, anyway. Um, I've never used a jigsaw before, but I have heard that people... I mean, I have designs to cut an arcade cabinet out of wood with a jigsaw if I did get around to using it. I don't know. If I can't find, like, an arcade cabinet on Craigslist or something for dirt cheap, then I'll just get the wood myself and do it. I'd rather not have to, but I will. We don't have any questions, do we? By chance? Okay. Uh, do you want to give me one? She brought... I'm sorry. He, Santa brought Kylie a... I don't know Santa's pronouns. Yeah, you're right. I'm assuming that he and or she or they, whatever. <laughs> uh, Santa brought uh, Kylie an easel because she actually requested this stuff. God, I hope she's not listening to this podcast. Usually she doesn't, as far as I know. Anyways, brought her an easel um, to paint things on. Uh, got her some oil pastels, some paints, uh, some other things. And I actually, I had an iPhone from before. It was my iPhone. And I gave her that. I gave it to her early, actually. Uh, and I got another. I got a new phone. So that's pretty nice. 
Um, but time will tell. We will see what she unwraps on Christmas morn. It's going to be awesome. Great. Do you have more questions for me? So the question is, we all celebrate Christmas differently. So how do I celebrate it? What are my rituals? Well, I, I put my tree up. Usually I'll put the tree up myself, just throw it up and then put the lights on it. And then I will have Kylie put the ornaments on and then she and I will both put the tinsel on and I'll put the star up on top because, you know, she's too short too. I have the, the same ornaments I've had since I started celebrating Christmas. It hasn't been that long. You know, it's only been 10 years or something, but I still have them since my very first tree. I think my first tree of my very own was probably six years ago. I'm not sure. But anyways, still have them and it's awesome. Uh, but usually, honestly, holidays have not meant that much to me in the past for obvious reasons. Holidays have been kind of inconsequential because I never celebrated them growing up, so who cares, right? But I've I've come to develop an appreciation for them, a deep appreciation. So up until recently, Kylie has been staying at her grandma's house on Christmas Eve and waking up Christmas morning and opening presents there with her you know, her cousins and stuff, because it means more to her grandmother than it did to me. Um, but of course, like I said, now it, it matters a lot to me, but she's kind of developed this, she's developed this pattern. So it, it would be kind of strange for me to kind of yank the rug out from under her and have Kylie start staying here, although she did stay last year and the year before. I'm just, you know, I, I want to be willing to work with her. I want to be willing to let her stay with her cousins and stuff if they want to. I'm not going to be too persnickety about it. So I think Kylie said she wanted to stay with me this year. I'm not 100% sure, um, but she may be staying with her grandma on Christmas Eve. We'll see. If she stays with her grandma, I'll probably have her open presents early. They always play these games that they call gag gifts, and I understand that other families call them different different names, like Naughty Santa and whatever, Yankee Swap, I don't... Anyway, so yeah, we, we always go to her grandma's house every Christmas Eve, although this year I don't... I don't know if it's... Yeah, it's Christmas Eve. Well, anyway, uh, we always go to her grandma's house and we play that game where you have a whole bunch of gifts like a bunch of cheap gifts and everybody draws a number like 30 people there you know extended family cousins and aunts and uncles and just everybody grandparents and and everything and great grandparents and so everyone draws a number and they count down and when your number is called you get to either steal a gift from somebody or you get to open a new gift so it's a fun game it's something that gets the family closer together, and it's something that I learned from this family, and it's, it's very interesting. Uh, there's food and, and ugly sweaters and the whole nine yards. I don't know why ugly sweaters are so such an integral part of this holiday, but if you don't have one, then you are shaming Jesus or something. I don't know. Were those all the questions? Unfortunately, there was an audio mix-up through this whole thing, so I'm going to have to repeat the parts that Crate said.
The question was, growing up Jehovah's Witness, did you ever get gifts from friends at school that you had to hide? Um, no. And the reason for that is because I was fully indoctrinated. I believed that it was wrong to receive those types of gifts. So what I would do is I would either outright reject them, I would reject the gifts, or I would get them and then I would throw them away. Um, it, it, you know, in their eyes, it was wrong to have those gifts, which is really depressing, really sad. But, you know, I'm thinking about it now. I don't really remember that happening very often. Um, I don't think that ever happened for Christmas. It may have happened for my birthday a couple of times. At this point, Crate points out that I told most people not to give me gifts. Yeah, I did do that. I, I told a lot of people not to give me presents. It's pretty depressing that that's you know, that's how it went when I was younger, but it is what it is, and I can make up for it now by just going completely overboard with Christmas, so. Anyway, was that the last question, or you said we had one more, right? And the final question from Crate was, what would we do if Kylie started dating a Jehovah's Witness? I had to face that issue when my niece was dating a Jehovah's Witness. Um, she would never... Kylie would never date a Jehovah's Witness. I just know that to be the case. Because she understands what I went through. And she sees the effects of it now, where my mom won't talk to me, but she will talk to her. She knows it's toxic now. She would never do that. But if she did... There's... Here's the thing about... About kids. When you try to push them to do something they push back so telling her she can't date a jehovah's witness or something would just make the problem worse probably it's a really complicated balance to figure out but um i don't know it, it's just hard to navigate it's something you have to just walk your way through blindly you have really no other option behind it um at this point, Crate says, the best thing you can do is to trust her to do what is best. There really isn't another choice. And draw some lines. I, w I wouldn't let her go to meetings with him, I don't believe. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So the first guest I have listed here is first Valkris. Uh, let me see if I can unmute them. Hang on one second. Can you hear me? Yes, there we go. Okay, now oh, I can hear good. you. So you haven't been on the podcast before, have you? I have not. So were you religious at any point? Are you still religious? or? Um, I actually currently identify as a Satanist associated with the Satanic, satanic Temple. Oh, interesting. Okay. So uh, what, what are your beliefs behind it? Do you believe in a deity? Do you believe in God? What's the deal? Uh, personally, I do not subscribe to any sort of, um, God. Okay. Uh, I never really have. My mother was raised Catholic, but she raised us pretty secular. And to the best of my knowledge, my two younger brothers, uh, I'm the oldest, and I all identify more or less as atheists. Interesting. Okay. So what are your uh, tenets? Like, how do you, what's the idea behind the religion, quote unquote? What do you believe? What do you feel about it? Uh, 
personally, I feel that everyone is entitled um, as a basic human right to express their beliefs and their religious uh, associations as they mm. see fit uh, personally. Mm. But when it overflows into public life, into uh, political life, that's when we have a problem, especially in the U.S., um, more or less everybody is, you know, in in politics is identifies as Christian. Yeah. And it makes it really hard for people who identify other than Christian to, you know, get recognized. Yeah, definitely. I know that I've seen... Um... Actually, you know, I had a, a friend, he's a patron, I believe, who was from the Satanic mm. Temple. And um, I know that he was all about, um, you know what, let me just look up the, the tenets. Uh, the Satanic Temple core tenets. Because uh, the things that he said, I could completely get on board with. It was really, really interesting. Oh, yeah, they're great. So we've got, uh, one should strive to act with compassion and empathy toward all creatures in accordance with reason. Um, I yes. can totally agree with that one. Then we've got, the struggle for justice is an ongoing and necessary pursuit that should prevail over laws and institutions. See, here's the thing with the Satanic Temple versus the Church of Satan. I believe the yeah. Church of Satan, uh, uh, Levian Satanism is what it's called, I think. Uh, Levian yeah. Satanism is it was kind of created to be the antithesis of Christianity, as far as I can remember. So, I think that yeah, kind of. I think when Levay wrote the the Satanic Bible, it was written like instead of turn the other cheek, you give somebody a chance to stop, and then you completely destroy them. That kind of destroy idea, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, it, it was just like the opposite of of bad ideas from the Bible. It was kind of interesting. But uh, yeah, so then we've got one's body is in inviolable, subject to one's own will. These are the core tenets of the Satanic Temple again. Um, the freedoms... Yeah, that, I'm sorry? That's my personal favorite. That one's my personal favorite. One's body is inviolable, body subject is to inviolable, one's own will. Subject to one's own will. Yeah. Why? What? What is it that that one means to you? Do you think? Um, I I just kind of feel like um, and and I don't subscribe to just the physical body, but sure. like your mental stuff too. It just means that you belong to yourself. You uh, get to decide who does what with you, what you do to your body, what you believe. Sure. Um, and that anybody wants to take any part of that away from you uh, is it violates your personal right to right. have free agency over your own self. Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, I'm, as I'm sure you know, there are a lot of groups of people out there who want to force people to do this thing or that thing for, you mm -hmm. know, for example, they, they don't want prostitution when it feels to me like prostitution seems like a, a you know a personal right if that's what you want to do then who is anybody to tell you no to that yeah they actually do a lot of work um 
out, uh, I know for a fact, out on the East Coast, there's a couple stuff with sex workers' rights and stuff. Mm. But that has, has a lot to do with more free agent sex workers, not people who are subject to human trafficking or right. people who work under a pimp or anything. Right. It's just like people who, of their own accord, like as strippers or burlesque or do massages or yep. you know, whatever they do on their own to make their own personal money. Right. I would like to see a lot of things like that moved in the right direction. Um, also, I mean, as long as you're not hurting somebody else, I'm good with it. Um, it feels to me like, uh, I'm going to say this as carefully as I can, smoking marijuana mm -hmm. doesn't seem like it should be demonized the way it is. You know? Yeah, yeah I mean, my personal example. beliefs on the marijuana thing is, yeah, I I personally don't, but Same. every yeah, I person I know does pretty much, yeah. um, and it doesn't seem to be hurting anybody else. So. Right, right, right. That's it. It's just I don't like I said I don't I don't smoke it or eat it or any of that other stuff either. But I feel like it's a lot less harmful than alcohol statistically. And yeah, so it's not tearing families apart. Right. It seems like another one of those your body is subject to your own will as long as you're not hurting somebody else. And weed exactly. isn't hurting anybody, so you know. Exactly. I feel like the whole the whole um it's kind of almost like a socialist libertarian, which seems to some people um kind of contradiction right. of terms <laughs> politically. But it's it's using the power of the laws to liberate people to be able to make their own choices yeah. as long as it's anybody else. Right. That's pretty interesting stuff. And you know something else? Um, I know that the Church of Satan does this stuff. I don't know if the Satanic Temple does or not. It's possible they do. But I've seen a lot of the time when some Christian comes in and they want to put up a monument to commemorate Jesus or something on the courthouse steps. Uh, the Church of Satan will come in and they'll put up a Baphomet statue right next that's, to it. That's actually the Satanic Temple that does that. Is it uh, really? Church of Satan. Well, I'm glad I brought that yeah, up. Yeah, that's the Satanic Temple uh, that does that because uh, the Church of Satan, like you have your casual Church of Satan people, yeah. like I have Church of Satan friends. And they're totally fine with it, but the higher-ups, like the OG COS guys, yeah. actually kind of have a problem with the social parts of the Satanic Temple. Uh, a lot of them, because they grew up in this kind of hedonistic sort of movement right. where everything is just, you know, for me and not for, you know, the others or whatever they just sort of look down upon everybody else and, and i'm not saying all of them are like right, that right. but a lot of them kind of have this mentality where well you know what the other people don't deserve it if they can't figure it out on their right. own so they have a real problem when the satanic temple start doing stuff to you know try to fight for pluralism and, and religious rights of others right that's really interesting. You know, from what I've seen, which is limited, because I'm not really in the, the Satanism market per se, but mm -hmm. from what I have seen, um, 
I know a lot of LeBayan Satanists that are really cool. They're legit. And I know a lot of Satanic yeah. Temple people who are legit, too. Um, mm-hmm. What I've seen, though, is... Uh, a good example is the th- whoever runs, whichever LeVayan Satanist runs the Church of Satan Twitter account is kind of mm-hmm. a douchebag. Um, yeah. Especially yeah, that's, toward that's okay. other versions of Satanism. Like he'll say, or he yeah. or she or whatever, will say, you know, you're not a Satanist if you're not a LeVayan Satanist. So don't even bother calling yourself yeah. a Satanist and things. It's like, you, you can't tell me what my label is, you know? Yeah, it's kind of like how Catholics say they were the original church founded yeah. by Jesus. Therefore, yeah. nobody else's church is true. Yeah, that's an and extremist that's kind of position, the... as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. That's extremist. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, it, it's just ridiculous hearing things like that. A lot of and Satanists, like I said, they're legit. They're really cool. But you, every now and then you get yeah. one that like that that's kind of a jerk. And, it, and it, it it's the same with the Satanic Temple, too. They're in there, too. But... Um, mm-hmm. but anyway, you know, it's on all sides, but yeah, I appreciate you coming in and talking to me. It's been a really interesting conversation and maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll talk to you again on the, uh, the fan server. Okay. Oh yeah. No problem. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, uh, that is really interesting stuff. Uh, Satanism is an interesting little, uh, an interesting philosophy, I guess you could say an interesting, uh, idea. I did read parts of the Satanic Bible, which, of course, as I said, that was written by Anton LaVey. It's part of LaVeyan Satanism, and it's supposed to be the antithesis of the Bible. Uh, so all of the, the qualities and ideals that the Bible uh, puts down for people, the Satanic Bible takes those ideals and makes them better and in some ways becomes the antithesis of those ideas. Like I said, for example, uh, one of the core tenets for and Satanism is if you're going through somebody else's territory and they bother you, try to get them to stop or something like that, if they don't leave you alone, destroy them. Now, of course, this is all supposed to be metaphorical or whatever, uh, I, I guess. Kind of strange, kind of a strange thing to say. But it is the antithesis of the Bible where it says, turn the other cheek. Turning the other cheek does not always work. Sometimes you have to take action. You have no other option. You have no choice but to take action to defend yourself. Turning the other cheek does not always work. It is not always the best choice. And the Satanic Bible points that out with that, that core tenet. If they don't leave you alone, destroy them. Anyway, I don't know if I agree with any of anything that they say or not. It's just something to think about. It's kind of interesting. Okay. Um, the next person on the list is Second Philosophia. Wait. Nope. That's just Philosophia. I guess the person giving me the names listed them first, second, and third. And I've just been reading the names like that. Okay. Philosophia. Can you hear me? Are you there? Testing. One, two, three. No. Hmm. Not working for some reason. I'll go ahead and mute philosophy. We'll see if we can come back around afterward. Uh, let's try Magnus for the moment. See if we can get them on. Um, are you there, Magnus? Testing. 
Yes. Hey, how's it going? Fine, I'm a bit tired. Good. Um, you haven't been on here, have you? No. I didn't think so. So tell me, what religion were you originally? Are you still religious, or...? Well, I was never really religious, but I went to an apostolic church. Oh, you went to an apostolic church. Interesting. Okay. Uh, well, well, tell me about it. Well, I stopped uh, in the summer after I had gone to some kind to a summer camp. You went to which, a summer uh, camp, was, you said? Yeah. After that, I stopped. So what was it about? Like, was it the summer camp that that happened like that what was the thing that kind of pushed you over the edge well um i was actually a little bit i know um skeptic about it okay right beforehand because um on one hand i um, they had a great community because you were really good at uh well um I got in through my school through uh, something called KFC, which is a Christian Forbund for Studerende. I right. don't really a Christian society for students or something. And um, then they invited me over to the church, and um, I didn't really have anything to do in my free time, so I sort of just went there. Right. Interesting. And, um, so is it like a branch of uh, Pentecostal? Is that right? Or what are their ideals? What are their tenets? Do you know? Well, I was always really confused about it because mm. um, in the wasn't really, a, I stumbled upon your videos about it, but they didn't really have the sort of uh, speaking in songs and so on in the beginning but then as time went on they sort of slowly got more and more extreme or something right thing. so you were saying they're get they got more extreme as time went on right yeah in what ways do you remember like what way did they get more extreme what was uh what were some of the red flags you saw do you remember well for one that they started to use the talking in tongues and uh right uh, but the, it was no really uh, not really in the same way as I remember from your videos. They didn't really have someone that translated it. Oh, really? It they just... didn't. I know that there were a couple of inaccuracies in that video. I really need to go back and redo that video. But I had it. Uh, I had a friend of mine. Uh, put out a response video who was an actual Pentecostal preacher. So he talked about it a little bit. But aside from that, um, yeah, so they, a lot of Pentecostal churches will have people speak in tongues and then they'll have somebody stand up and translate. They didn't do that in yours, though, you say? Yeah, or maybe I just wasn't there when they did it. But uh, one of the things I sort of slowly learned was that. Uh, they believed in a demon, uh, what's it called, exorcism. Or oh, yeah, they believed in exorcisms and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, well, it was kind of, um, I didn't really like it because I saw potential for, um, 
What's like the, lying about it? I guess you saw the potential for lying and no, I saw potential for harm. Ah, right. And it just bothered me. So eventually, um, I was, I was told to not go there anymore because, mm. uh, well, it just wasn't good for me. Right, right. So who was it? Like your parents or your family members that weren't a big fan of the whole thing? or No. Um, I have autism and in uh, where I come from, the sort of local area have uh, distributed a, a counselor, what's it called? Okay. She was also the one that encouraged me to go to the church in the first place. Really? Yeah. Huh, that's well, not good. Wow, that's crazy. Well, she didn't really know anything about it. She right, just, right. Well, know, she's supposed to get me to socialize and... Uh, right. Well, it seems like yeah. there are better ways to socialize than a church. I wonder, like, I guess she's probably suggested other things to you since then, or... Yeah, I have sort of a place where I can be with others with uh, autism and... Um, okay, that's a good yeah. start, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't really socialize very much. I... I've thought about joining some clubs in my area, like some, I don't know, some atheism clubs or something, or the Secular Student Alliance or something. I don't know. I would like to. Um, I just haven't. B because that would actually out my location, at the very least. People would know where I live then, you know? Yeah. I don't think I'd be able to find something like that in my area. Right. Um I don't, yeah, I don't know what area you're in. Are, are you kind of in a smaller town, or is it a bigger city? Well, it's sort of a medium-sized... Uh, okay. I live in Denmark, and, um, okay. you know, most of the cities, they're not really big cities like over in America, but they're right. sort of, you know... Well, I live in one of the bigger cities in Denmark. Right, okay, interesting. So it's medium-sized compared to U.S. cities, probably. Do you know roughly what the population is? Oh, I can quickly search it. I think the population in a neighboring city to me is between 40 and 60,000. Uh, I think the next closest city is around 150,000 or something like that. Uh, let's see. I think New York has like 10 million. I, I, I hesitate to even list a number for New York City because I know I'm going to just be magnitudes off. Well, we got roughly 100,000. Uh, oh, that's pretty big. That's not too bad. Yeah, that's a medium, medium-sized city at, at the very least, I would say. Well, that's pretty cool. Um... I live in, or lived at the, I don't live there now, but I lived in a planned city that had like tenth of a mile blocks and everything is really nice to live in a planned city like that, you know? But. Well, I don't know if it's really a planned city. It's just. Uh, Did yours just kind of spring of, up? Is it like windy roads and stuff like that? Well, it's probably not as bad as the other cities, but um, um but we have older cities in Denmark, and they're probably worse than mine, but, you know, it's, mm. 
right all that band right well that's pretty cool i appreciate you coming on and talking to me it's been really interesting maybe i'll talk to you again okay yeah merry christmas merry christmas yeah that's that's pretty awesome stuff um i don't know i like to i would like to live in a bigger city i like bigger cities uh the last person for tonight is philosophia are you there can you hear me hear me i can indeed i can hear you how's it going Good, good. How are you? Not too bad. I'm glad I finally managed to get you on because I tried a second ago and it was not working for one reason or another. Discord's been messing up on me. I couldn't even, like, you guys couldn't hear me earlier, apparently. I wonder if the uh, issue was uh, on that was my, my end. Because I'm glad it's not just me. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what is up with Discord. But anyway, so tell me, what religion uh, were you originally? Are you still religious or? I was raised Episcopalian in, like, the heart of the Bible Belt, but now I'm an atheist. Okay, interesting. So what was the thing that kind of got you to stop believing it? Reading the Book of Job in a philosophy class in high school. Oh, really? It really pissed me okay. off. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it is kind of a messed up book when you think about it, right? So and there, like, we started reading Freud, Kierkegaard, and I was like, none of this makes any sense except for Freud. Right? So you said that Episcopalian, didn't you? Yeah, I did, Episcopalian. What are the beliefs in that religion? Are they extreme or are they pretty moderate? They're pretty moderate. Like, I managed to get confirmed without knowing quite what we believe. I think we believe that the wine and bread or whatever actually turns into Jesus' body and blood in your body. Oh, really? Well, that's kind of Bad interesting. or whatever, I don't know. <laughs> right. Um, I know... Catholic. Okay, so it's coming back to me now. It's Anglican. It's similar to Catholicism. Yeah, I've talked about Episcopalians on my channel before. It was just a small little segment, I think, in one of my very in one of my videos. But it's commonly compared to Catholicism, as far as I can remember, because they're similar in many ways, but they're not. Um, they're not as oppressive, as far as I can remember, and they're not as into rituals as Catholics are? Absolutely. They call us diet Catholicism. We like traditions like we genuflect, we do the sign of the cross, we don't say Hail Marys, we don't confess. Right, we interesting. We like gay people. So, what is genuflecting? Is that what you called it? Yeah, when you go to your... To you Before you turn into it, you like bow, do the sign of the cross. Oh, okay. Interesting. So it's just, it's like a motion or whatever. Yeah. I have the temptation to do it in movie theaters now, like still. <laughs> right? How long have you kind of not believed? Um, that was my senior year of high school and I officially decided I'm an atheist and I'm a senior in college now. So about four years. Very nice. A senior in college. That's cool. Uh, it's terrifying. Terrifying is what you mean. <laughs> why? Because you're not sure what you're going to do afterward? Applying to grad schools in clinical psychology, but they're super competitive and mm. all, and it's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I honestly I never really invested myself in the college life, so you're at you are past where I ever got, honestly, right now. And I'm glad to hear that. Honestly, I, I'm really glad to hear that you're pushing through and you you want to go further with education because a lot of the time when I talk to people they aren't interested in education, you know? I mean, I think I just have a special connection because, like, I grew up in a four-square-mile town. The only 
mental health care was a Christian counselor who's like, Ritalin turns people gay and oh let's do conversion God. therapy. That is bad. Oh my God. I really just want to bring adequate, competent mental health care to low income rural areas. That's a good cause. That's a really good cause. <laughs> so is that your goal with like with your education and everything? Absolutely. I'm applying mainly to study ADHD kids because that's super overdiagnosed here. But yeah, really fascinating stuff. I've known that that was kind of an issue overdiagnosing uh, ADHD kids. But honestly, I, I have not seen it myself here. Like, I just don't know many kids that take Adderall or Ritalin or anything in my area. So that's kind of lucky, I guess, right? Yeah, my mom's a third grade teacher, and of her 30 students, I think she told me 11 have to take medicine every day. That's 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 a lot. That's like one third. It's an insanely yeah, it's high insane. percentage. 33%. You can't tell me that all 33% of those kids need that medicine. That's I've seen startling. some of them off the medication. They definitely do, but... <laughs> right. That's fascinating, though, man. Uh well, hopefully you get, you know, you, you, you can do some good. In fact, I'm, I know you can do some good with that. Thank you. Yeah. You have a fun religion store if you want. Yeah. So fun fact about me. I was kicked out of, you know, how the churches do vacation Bible schools. Yeah. But I don't know kicked what it one. is exactly. Like seven. Wait, say again. I was kicked out of one. <laughs> oh, why were you kicked out of one? What happened? The first day, they were trying to teach like six and seven year olds what a metaphor was through God. And they were like, okay, what does God look like? And I raised my hand and I said, he's has red hair and freckles. I don't know why I said that, but <laughs> okay. God. And they said, no, God is a light. Wrong and told them as much. And then on the next day, I told them that their like form of baptism was wrong. Like they told me I was going to hell. Were you atheist at this point? I was like six years old. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> You were six, okay. Baptize infants, and they're like, "No, you have to be baptized when you're eight or so." Right. And I told them that was wrong, and that I was already saved. And then I started crying when they told me I was going to hell. Understandably. That's messed <laughs> up, man. Who would say that to a kid? Seriously. Ah, so I wasn't allowed to go back for the rest of the week. Good. I mean, it was really in your best interest in the end, anyways, wasn't it? Honestly, yeah. Kind of skip out on that. That's so crazy. Um, I know that uh, Mormons kind of believe that the age of, what is it? The age of, uh, what do they call it? Shoot. Autism. Personal responsibility? Um, no, 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 that's not. Well, anyway, eight is the age that they're all getting baptized with Mormons because at that point, if they, if they die before getting baptized after their eighth birthday, then they won't get into heaven, that kind of thing. Um, oh my God. Yeah, it's, it's really bizarre. Like, it's a really specific age. Uh, and then you've got... I can't understand that. I know. I, th I think it came from the Book of Mormon, uh, but, or something like, one of their other writings. But anyway, Jehovah's Witnesses don't have a set age for it, but they believe that uh, you, you, know, you should get baptized as early as possible. I think I was 13. Most kids are around 11, but I've heard of them getting baptized as early as seven, which is absolutely insane. That's awful. Yeah. They don't understand the repercussions of that. Right, right, exactly. Like, getting baptized as, you know, certain religions 
isn't really that big of a deal. Like, it doesn't mean much, ultimately. But with certain religions, like Jehovah's Witnesses, for example, you are signing a contract. You're signing your life away with this organization, pretty much, you know? Yeah. It's like, I don't know how extreme Episcopalians are. I suspect they're not terrible about not it. Not at all. But, There's like rude old ladies who judge you if your skirt is too short, but that's it. Okay, well that's you know that that's kind of shitty, but otherwise, <laughs> not too bad. But yeah, uh, that's good to hear. I mean, at least they aren't too extreme about it. That's not so bad. But anyways, Any, hmm? I grew up with was from like secondhand from my friends' churches or Bible schools, and then I went to a Christian boarding school, but that was also pretty chill. Right, um, and. The Christian boarding school and stuff. All of this was all Episcopalian, presumably. Yeah, but they were slightly more conservative, I think. Mm. It's pretty interesting. It's really weird said, but yeah, I <laughs> um, I pass an Episcopal, or I used to pass an Episcopalian church every day on my way home from work, and I don't know. It's just spelled in a really weird way. Like it's an odd word to read, you know. Mm. The Baptists funny. in our town call us Wiscopalians because we drink too much. <laughs> really? Oh, that's funny. Well, kind of. And insulting at the same time, I guess. It's not inaccurate. <laughs> right? Uh, that's pretty interesting. But yeah, appreciate you coming on. I guess this is where I'm going to end it. Uh, maybe I can get you on another one of these days, though, okay? be great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, I guess we'll just end it there. I know we had some technical difficulties, things like that. I'm sorry for that, guys. Uh, but yeah, thanks for coming, guys.